The Fight Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is doing everything they can to help hashtag DGENs only cash big. Use the promo code SGP for a 50% deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP. We'll support you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use the promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for avid sports bettors, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks from cappers and bettors, including the crew from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Check out all their free videos at betterthan.vegas. That's betterthan.vegas. And finally, we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just head over to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Now, there are fears that the coronavirus outbreak could become a pandemic. As a nation, we've all been exceptional fighters against the coronavirus pandemic. The sports industry and many others have received some devastating blows. The game tonight has been postponed. It's been around 12 months since I last stepped in the ring, but as a fighter, I know better than anyone that tough times have last forever. On December the 12th, I'll be defending the heavyweight championship titles against Kubrat Pulev at the O2 Arena. You are listening to The Fight Show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. You can follow me on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. And you can check out my website, lockbetting.com, where we are already having a monster month. Coming off last month, we made £2,116 on the PL for lock betting. This month, we are already past that, and we are only 11 days into month. This has been aided by making 15 units from our Champions League and Europa League futures in the week. We already had a decent start to the month, going 11 and 5 in the NFL last weekend. 
and we are slaying it in soccer. We're slaying it in the NFL. We have a very good college basketball guy doing college basketball at the moment. The NBA is coming back and the NFL regular season is finishing up. Plus, we have a ton of football because the Bundesliga schedule and the EPL schedule is hectic as we head towards Christmas. So even though it's 11 days into the month, it's still a good time to sign up for LockBetting.com on Patreon because you are still going to get 20 days of betting action and there's going to be a lot more action packed into these 20 days than there would usually be over the course of a 20-day period. Lots of big stuff to come and that includes the UFC card as well. We're going to talk about a couple of the UFC fights from tomorrow's card at the end of the show. But first of all, we are going to focus on the main event, which is Anthony Joshua's return to the ring tomorrow night. Hasn't fought in 2020, and he defends his heavyweight titles against Kubrat Pulev as we are heading towards a potential unification fight with Tyson Fury. There's been a lot of talk about that fight this week. Joshua cannot avoid the questions about Tyson Fury. Just like when he lost to Andy Ruiz Jr. in New York, he couldn't avoid the questions about Dante Wilder. And uh, he doesn't want to go down that path again because... It was very much seen as a nice US tour last time out. It was seen as a holiday. It was seen as an exhibition that um, Joshua was just going to come in and knock out this fat dude, Andy Ruiz Ruiz Jr. And um, it didn't end up happening like that. He had to, in the end, win his belts back in a rematch with Ruiz. And uh, that has been a blot on Joshua's career. And now everybody is calling him out and thinking that he can beat him when he does face Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury will probably be a significant favourite for that fight. But Joshua is the significant favourite here against Pulev. And once again, people are looking past Pulev, probably because he um, is 39 years of age. He's been around for a while. He does only have one defeat, though, and that came against Klitschko. So despite the fact he's been around for a while and he is 39 years old, he has only one loss on his record, the same as Anthony Joshua. So in the heavyweight division, everybody has a punching chance, as we already found out in Andrew Ruiz's fight, and you cannot disregard Pulev's challenge here tomorrow night. And if Joshua looks past him, he could find himself in the same situation as before when he looked past Andy Ruiz. However, I do think that that upset does hold him in good stead here as far as complacency goes. I don't think that we are going to see that level of complacency from Joshua because a second defeat will be very, very crippling to him financially and in terms of his status in the boxing world. And it will end the big money fight, the potential big money fight with Tyson Fury down the horizon because that will end up going to Kubrat Pulev of all people. But I don't think Joshua is going to be complacent here. I think he could be a little bit confused as to what to do tactically. Before he lost to Andy Ruiz, this guy was an untouchable fighter. I think the comparisons were very, very much overblown. And that can sometimes happen when there is a big hype training town. There can be some very, very silly comparisons. It's happened in all sports. Um, Conor McGregor from the UFC is a really, really good one. He has a big casual following. And they'll tell you that Conor McGregor is the greatest guy to ever fight in the octagon, which he isn't. He's far from the greatest guy to ever fight in the octagon. In fact, I don't even have Conor McGregor in my top 10. Likewise, I don't have Anthony Joshua in my top 10 fighters of all time. In fact, I don't even have Anthony Joshua in my pound for pound top 10 fighters in the world at the moment. But um, it's very much par for the course that you do get these hyped up fighters being very, very much overrated by the public. 
And I always felt that's what Joshua was. Was I surprised he got knocked out by Andy Ruiz? Of course I was. Nobody saw that coming. But I did see it coming at some point that somebody was going to expose Anthony Joshua as being an overrated fighter. Klitschko gave him big problems in that fight. And there's been various fights where Joshua's been troubled. He was troubled against Dillian White as well. So the knockout was coming. I just didn't think it would be coming against Tubby and Ruiz. So the aura of invincibility has gone. And so have some of the fanboys. The fanboys are no longer making ridiculous comparisons to Muhammad Ali. We saw pictures that were put out, memes that were put out, and photoshops that were put out comparing Joshua with Ali. They were absolutely ridiculous. Look, this is a very, very average fighter, or probably above average fighter in terms of um, looking at the overall heavyweights of all time. He's not up there in the same conversation as the likes of Ali or Tyson, not even close. He's, he's not going to be there. He's not going to be there at the end of his career. He's not there now. Um, he will inevitably end up losing those fights against Tyson Fury if they do happen, but it'll be fun for people if we do manage to get there. People will make a case for Anthony Joshua if we manage to get to those fights. But in order to do so, it's very, very important that he jumps the hurdle tomorrow against Kubrat Pulev. Now, getting back to my point in terms of how Joshua could be tactically confused by the loss. Now, as I said, complacency isn't going to be the issue here. We're not going to see a complacent Anthony Joshua here. He isn't looking past Kubrat Pulev. The media are. The media are the ones who are throwing out the Tyson Fury questions. And Joshua has done quite well this week in order to sidestep them and say his focus is primarily on Kubrat Pulev. But what do you do here in this fight with Kubrat Pulev? Because normally, Anthony Joshua of two, three years ago would have come in and seen this as a very easy mandatory fight and was looking for a stoppage inside the first half of the fight, inside the first six rounds. However, Anthony Joshua that fought Andy Ruiz last time had to go back to the Olympian-style Anthony Joshua and he came in with a very, very disciplined game plan, which was to establish his jab early, take advantage of the reach and distance that he had over Andy Ruiz and not allow him to get into the fight. Still, there were some times where uh, Andy Ruiz did get through and caused Joshua a few problems, but they were few and far between. I think Joshua did win that fight on the cards comfortably. And it was the first time he really showed in his professional career that he was this Olympian pugilist, that he was this good technical boxer that could do that if he needed to do that. Now, does he come into this fight and start that way with Pulev? Does he come in, establish the jab early? Or do we see the Joshua that we saw a couple of years ago that just takes out this old, haggard 39-year-old fighter? This 39-year-old fighter, who I will reiterate, has only lost one fight, the same as Anthony Joshua. So it remains to be seen um, what Pulev's chin is like here at 39 years old. But I don't think that we're really going to find out until possibly four, five, maybe six rounds into this fight. The middle stages is where I'm looking for Joshua to put an end to this fight. So I think your first four or five rounds will be fairly safely navigated. So let's have a look at some of the odds here for this one. Anthony Joshua comes into it as an unbackable 1-7 to favourite to win this fight. Kubrat Pulev is available at 13-2 and it's 25-1 to here on the draw. Anthony Joshua is available at the best price of 4-9 to to win this via KOTKO. He's 3-1 to to win it via decision. Pulev is 8-1 to to get the knockout and he's 16-1 to to win it here via a decision. 
looking at the over-unders here for this fight. Fourth round or over here is available at one to seven, with under four rounds available at four to one. Under five rounds is available at five to two, with fifth round or over here available at two to seven. Under six rounds is available here at 11 to 8, with sixth round or over available here at 8 to 15. Your 10 to 11, 10 to 11, minus 110, minus 110 marker is the seventh round. Under seven rounds is available here at 10 to 11, or seventh round or over is also available here at 10 to 11. When you get to the eighth round, under eight rounds is available at four to six with eighth round or over here available at 11 to 10 and under nine rounds is available at one to two with ninth round or over available here at six to four i'm not going to cover the rest the fight to go to distance is at three to one and fight not to go to distance is available at two to nine. The fight to go to distance at three to one is the same price as Anthony Joshua to win the fight on points. So you would rather take it to go to distance than actually pick a winner there. That's a no-brainer. The bookies are basically saying if it goes to points, Anthony Joshua has jabbed his way to victory, hasn't taken any risks, and he's won this fight from distance. Uh, obviously, it still doesn't make it worth the risk. I'm just telling you what the what the mindset is. I think Anthony Joshua will go in with that mindset because um, he did that last time out. He showed the world that he could box, and I don't think that he wants to completely abandon it. And I think that is going to lend itself to the over here when we're looking at the line here for the seven the seventh round or over here at 10 to 11. So what that means is that you need to get through all of the first six and you need Kubrat Pulev to be standing there after 18 minutes. And if Joshua's out there trying to establish dominance, banking rounds, establishing the jab, I think that you're going to secure at least the first nine minutes with relative ease, with no real threat from Kubrat Pulev. He'll be happy to, to sit in there, although he'll be frustrated because he'll be losing the rounds. I don't think he'll be looking to win many anyway. I think he'll really be looking to get that opening that and capitalise on the moment of complacency from Anthony Joshua. But I don't think that complacency is going to come. I think he is going to do some damage with the jab. And once he senses the opportunity there, he will go for the knockout. But I think that's going to come here in the middle rounds. So I think you're going to be relatively safe getting to those uh, getting to those rounds, getting to your seven. Obviously, this is heavyweight boxing. You're never completely safe. It only takes a second to knock somebody out. And if Anthony Joshua has established his jab for four rounds and he decides to take his guy out in the fifth, then he takes his guy out in the fifth. That's why it's very difficult to make plays on heavyweight boxing. That's why people like to bet on knockouts and like to bet on early knockouts, which is why you're seeing... Um, the early rounds here at such at such short odds because it doesn't put people off to to take these bets. Anthony Joshua in rounds one to four is available at three to one. Anthony Joshua in rounds five to eight is available at fifteen to eight. Anthony Joshua in rounds nine to twelve is available at five to one. If you go even wider and look at the group round betting, Anthony Joshua in rounds one to six here is available at five to four, and Anthony Joshua in rounds seven to twelve is available here at two to one. 
Um, and it's at three to, it's on available. It's actually available as big as three to one if you shop around. I like that bet in particular because I do think these are the rounds that Joshua is going to take him out in. Plus, it gives you a little bit more value than the 10 to 11 for this fight just to go over the seven rounds because you're basically saying that um, you're worried about this fight going all the way to the scorecards and you would rather take a 10 to 11 than take a Joshua as big as three to one to finish this fight in rounds of seven to 12. I think if you are taking the 7 to 12, I would be hedging out as well on rounds um, 5 and 6 just in case Joshua gets a stoppage. I think you're going to be okay um, getting through rounds 1 and 4. I don't think that Joshua's going to be knocking him out in rounds 1 to 4. I really do think that we are going to see Anthony Joshua going out there and establishing his jab, establishing his distance and showing people that he can box once again. And obviously, I spoke earlier about how he hasn't acknowledged the media in terms of uh, the Tyson Fury fight. But Tyson Fury is considered the best boxer in the heavyweight division. He's considered the pugilist. And that's got to bother Anthony Joshua because Anthony Joshua is the Olympian here. Tyson Fury doesn't have any gold medals. Anthony Joshua does. So in your back of your mind, you're going to want to show people that you can box, that you're not just this brute knockout artist, much like Dante Wilder was. The opposite allegations were flown at Dante Wilder that he was just a big swinger, a windmill puncher and didn't have any technical skills. And Anthony Joshua won't want that label to him. He'll want to be the all-round fighter here. He'll want the technical skills of a fury and the knockout power of Dante Wilder. Obviously, Dante Wilder carries more power than Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury probably has established himself as the better boxer. But Anthony Joshua is the guy that can do it all. And Anthony Joshua wants to go out there and show people. So I think navigating the first four rounds of this fight, the first 12 minutes, I don't think you're going to have to worry about Anthony Joshua scoring a knockout, possibly a knockdown. I saw a bet on a knockdown Anthony Joshua to knock down Kubrat Pulev inside the first four rounds at five to two. I do like that bet. But as for your knockout bets, I think you're looking at round five and round six as your covers. And then I would take round seven to 12 here at three to one for Anthony Joshua to finish it inside those inside those rounds. Obviously, if you want to play extra safe uh, in case this fight goes to points or if the unthinkable happens and Kubrat Pulev gets the win in round seven to 12, you can just take this fight to go over seven rounds. It is available at 10 to 11 here for me. All of this is about timing, and I think this is the perfect time here for Joshua to to take this fight. I think this is a tune-up fight for Tyson Fury or whatever comes next. This would have been a better fight three years ago when Pulev was more dangerous and Joshua was more likely to oblige in a tear-up. I think after what happened with Andy Ruiz, he's not going to get involved in a tear-up here. I do think that he's going to have a very definitive strategy to, to win this fight. If he doesn't come in with a game plan and he is torn between one and to be a boxer and wanting to be the old knockout artist, I think that's going to be a problem for him. But I think it's going to be a very, very clear plan. Establish your jab, bank the rounds, establish the distance, establish the dominance and go for the knockout if it's there. If this does develop into a tear up, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm writing off Anthony Joshua. It just opens the door for, for Pulev to win this fight. And I think Anthony Joshua will want to keep that route to victory closed. He doesn't want to engage in a tear up, even if he feels that he can win one. And Robert McCracken, his coach, will be fully aware of that. If Anthony Joshua comes out here and establishes jab and boxes a good technical fight and does what he's better at, the openings will be there to get the knockout. Otherwise, 
points, you can just win this fight on points, which is why it is probably a, a safer option to take the over seven. Well, it's obviously a safer option because it's that shorter odds and that things at shorter odds are always safer options. But I just have a feeling that he'll find a way to take his man out here in the later rounds. There is no doubt that Joshua can get rid of his man before the halfway point if he chooses to revert to that more aggressive approach. But the scars of what happened in New York are definitely going to prevent him to do that and going for the early finish. And also, as I said, there'll be some ego involved here. He'll want to establish his dominance. He'll want to go out there early and show people that he is the better boxer, that he's the Olympian Anthony Joshua, that he hasn't just come through that one fight because he needed to be that fighter on that day in order to beat Andy Ruiz. He hasn't just abandoned that. He isn't just going to come here and get involved in a tear-up. I think we'll sail through the first four rounds. Therefore, my best bet for this fight would be to take the over seven which is available at 10 to 11. But I would also be having a little bit of money, perhaps even just a quarter unit on Joshua to get this done in rounds 7 to 12, which is available at 3 to 1. Either way, as much as um, I'm not necessarily a fan of Anthony Joshua, and I do think when everything is said and done, he will be just considered a, um, a average fighter. And when I say that, I don't mean that Anthony Joshua is an average fighter. I mean, he's a heavyweight champion of the world. So he's clearly one of the best heavyweights out there. What I mean is his legacy will be average comparatively to to the greats. When people are talking about the all-time greats of boxing, when you're looking at Tyson, Ali, Lennox Lewis, I don't think that Anthony Joshua is going to wind up in that conversation. So when I say average, before I get the fanboys tweeting me and saying, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, I don't mean Anthony Joshua is an average fighter. I'm talking about legacy here. I'm talking about when we're talking about the all-time greats. And when it's all said and done, I just don't think Anthony Joshua is going to be in that conversation. Is he going to be one of the top 100 heavyweights of all time? Yes. And if he's in the top 100 heavyweights of all time, he's probably not an average fighter. Will he even get into the top 50? Possibly. He could get into the top 50 if he sets up that big unification fight with Tyson Fury. Win or lose, he'll be in the top 50. I think he'll lose. But I think if you retire with um, three or four defeats on your record and you've made a lot of money and you've won heavyweight titles and you have a big following and you're aided by the fact that you're British and British fans have wanted a heavyweight champion for a long time. I know we had Lennox Lewis, but Lennox Lewis was never really considered to be British because he had that Canadian background and he didn't sound British at all. So it was very, very difficult for Brits to relate to him and get behind Lennox Lewis. That was always an issue of Lennox Lewis. Yes, he's a great champion and yes, he will go down as Britain's champion and yes, he is a fighter who has actually established himself as one of the all-time greats and he is among the top 10 heavyweights all time. I just don't see Anthony Joshua getting there. I think he's going to have a very good career financially, but in the end, he'll be average as far as that conversation goes. God, we live in such a weird time where people are very, very oversensitive and take things so literally. And uh, we have so many social justice warriors in the world at the moment that I just had to explain for three minutes and clarify my comment uh, earlier on in a podcast where I called Anthony Joshua an average fighter and had to explain that he's average in terms of overall legacy by comparison to the the major heavyweights in history who he's, um, who he's compared to regularly. And especially at the start of his career, it was 
was very, very much overhyped. He was very overhyped. And um, we'll see what happens here. Uh, I think he'll get past Kubrat Pulev. I don't think it'll be an issue. It's just a matter of how and when he gets past Kubrat Pulev. But I think inevitably he is on a collision course with Tyson Fury. I think the main battle isn't going to come with the with the fighters who stand in front of them because I think they'll be able to get past everybody. Um, I think the main issue is going to be with the with the contracts in terms of the TV companies and the TV rights and where this fight ends up airing. I think that's going to be the main issue. It's all going to be political. It's going to be nothing to do with anything in the ring, which is usually the case with boxing as always. Moving on to tomorrow's UFC, we have Figueredo versus Moreno in the main event where Figueredo is the one free favourite and Moreno is available at 5-2. to two. This card has been decimated by injuries, but at the top, we do have a couple of fights that I'm very, very interested in. This is one of them. Figueredo is available 4-2 to two to win it via knockout and 4-1 to one via decision. Brandon Moreno is available at 9 to 2 via TKO KO and 7 to 1 via a decision. It's 81, 80 to 1 here on the draw. The fight to go over one and a half rounds here is available at 1 to 2. The under is at 6 to 4. And for the fight to go over 2.5 rounds here, it's available at evens with the under here at 8 to 11. So they're not expecting this one to go to distance. And the distance price here is available at 5 to 2, yes. And uh, 1 to 3, no. I think it could go longer than people expect. I think Moreno is going to be a difficult guy to knock out. I do think in the end, Figueredo does win this fight. But Moreno is a serious live dog here because... This is a fighter who continues to significantly improve. And if he can last the five rounds, he does have a route to victory here because he could potentially outscramble and outgrapple Figueredo in this fight. So it could be his night. But um, Figueredo packs more of a punch in the striking department. He's more technical and he's got more variation. His strength is also ridiculous for a flyweight, which is why you're seeing such a short line here for the under. I'm expecting um, a back and forth fight here, but I think Figueredo will be able to outpoint Moreno throughout the fight, win the key moments and possibly get a stoppage late in the championship rounds. But I do think that we will navigate the first couple of rounds here safely because I don't think Brandon Moreno is going to be an easy guy to knock out. He's got himself into this position. This is a UFC main event. And I don't just think Figueredo is going to blow him away here and win the title. So I'm going to take the over 2.5 here in this one. All you need is two rounds and two and a half minutes of round three. You don't even need to get to the championship rounds. You catch this two and a half minutes before that, and that is available here at even money, best price for this UFC main event tomorrow. For the other fight here, the co-main event is what I want to look at, the return to the octagon of Tony Ferguson after his loss to Justin Gaethje. He faces Charles Oliveira tomorrow, where Tony Ferguson is the 10 to 17 favorite to win this fight, and it's 7 to 5 on Oliveira. This one is only a three round fight, and Tony Ferguson is at 6 to 4 to finish it inside the distance. Oliveira is at 5 to 2 to finish it inside the distance. 
Tony Ferguson is available at three to one to win it on points, and Oliveira is six to one on points. A TKO KO stoppage for Ferguson is at five to two. A submission is at five to one, and Oliveira is nine to one via TKO KO stoppage, and seven to two to get this done via a submission here, which would most likely be via a guillotine. So. How do I think this will go? Well, for me, I think Oliveira is most definitely a live dog here. This is a good matchup. These guys are equally skillful talents and uh, we could see them cancelling each other out. Ferguson is known for his amazing submission skills while he's also able to outbrawl people and he's done that to some with some of the best in the division whereas Oliveira is arguably the hottest fighter in this division at the moment riding an eight fight win streak and he could be on his way to a title shot if he can get past Ferguson here. And I think he may be able to do that. I like him here as an underdog. I think that Ferguson's loss to Justin Gaethje in May and uh, being 37 years old and taking all kinds of damage in that fight is going to be incredibly difficult to, to get over. I think that Oliveira has underdog value. He's obviously the fresher fighter. He has less wear and tear and he's on that win streak and has a clear route to the title. If Ferguson wins this, I'm not too sure if we're going to get ourselves a Ferguson Gaethje rematch, although that would be an interesting fight that people would want to see. But I think Gaethje took Ferguson apart relatively convincingly last time and there would be more interest in seeing Charles Oliveira get his title fight. So I think he's a live dog here. You can get him as big as six to four and I am picking Charles Oliveira to win this fight and to upset Tony Ferguson at UFC 256 tomorrow night. Closing out with my lock for the show. I'm going to go with boxing. So if you want my UFC picks, you're going to have to head over to lockbetting.com where I will put out a full card of picks for UFC 256 tomorrow. So see what I go with. Um, head over to lockbetting.com and subscribe to the appropriate package. So as I said, I am going to stick with boxing and I am going to go with the over here in the Anthony Joshua fight. I'm going to take this fight to finish in the seventh round or over, which means you need to navigate the first six rounds. That is available here at 10 to 11. As I said earlier, I think Anthony Joshua is going to come out and establish his jab and distance and outbox Pulev and look for the opening in the later round. So I'd also take a little bit of money on rounds 7 to 12 for Joshua to get the finish within those rounds. That concludes this edition of The Fight Show. I will be back next week with Saul Canelo Alvarez versus Callum Smith. So until then, good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.